Welcome. Today is Monday, December 3rd. Christmas season's high gear. The college football playoffs are set. CMU has new football coach. The Lions give us another lackluster performance. And we rank our favorite salad dressings that aren't barrel-aged. Let's go. This is the Matt and Muse Show with Matt Hunsler and Adam Musinski. Welcome back. New setup. New setup. Again? Yeah. We tried to change it up, let you guys see more or less who we are outside <laughs> of the podcast. So we're behind a bar. Hey, usually we're on the other side, so step in the right <laughs> direction, right? Very true. Very but, true. Uh, we were just talking, actually, about Spanish phrases. What did you say? I said, un momento, por favor. Yeah. Which is said, like a normal thing that people know in Spanish is, one moment, please. Yeah. And he said, that was my bilingual lesson for the day. And I responded with, tengo ochos monos en los pantalones. Which apparently means... <laughs> I have eight monkeys in my pants. That's, that's something. Yeah. You know, it's good thing to know when you go to Mexico. Let somebody know you have eight monkeys in your pants. Exactly. That's the only thing I remember and learned from high school Spanish. Did you ever have to listen to Spanish songs? Dude, that was like 14 years ago. I honestly don't remember. I remember the words to a lot of the songs we listened to, and I don't know really? why. There was one that was called <laughs> Tango La Camisa Negra, which translates roughly to I Have a Black Shirt. I Have a Black Shirt. Yes, that was the name of the song. That's a fantastic <laughs> jam. It's actually a really good song. Hall of, rock and Roll Hall of Fame song right there, if I have to say anything. The, I would assume that the Mexican Rock and Roll Hall of Fame is much smaller than the American Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I just I, thought I, it was the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Yet. What's that? I just thought it was the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I didn't know it was based on geographical region. I, uh, it might not be. I have no idea. Queens in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Yeah. In America. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I did. <laughs> we're moving on. I don't think we're listening to each other talk, <laughs> which is typical. <laughs> um, so a question of the podcast this week. Um, we all have fun and crazy Christmas traditions. Uh, we're just kind of wondering what yours were. Um, a lot of responses. Uh, Christmas Eve mask, waking up early to open presents, Christmas brunch, lasagna, mac and cheese, um, jamming to Christmas music, watching Christmas story on Christmas Eve. Uh, well, you had some good ones from your brother. So, first off, I want to say my one of my favorite traditions from Christmas is Christmas Eve, we'll go to my grandparents' house, and my grandma makes oyster stew, which it's not much of a stew. It's basically just a milk and salt and butter broth with whole oysters in it. Whole it's oysters? Whole oysters. It's delicious. Absolutely delicious. Love it. And then we sit around and we have some drinks and play some games and it's a grand old time. And then we'll have like cream herring too. Have you ever had creamed herring? Nope. So herring is a fish and it's in like it's white cream sauce with spices and um, onions. And it's delicious. Most people think it's disgusting because it probably is, but I think it's amazing. So that's my favorite tradition. Well, another tradition that happens in my family <laughs> and my brother pointed out online earlier today um, my mom has 
two sisters and a brother who's married now, so two sisters and a sister-in-law. So between my mother, two sisters, sister-in-law, her mom, and then my grandma on the other side and my aunt on the other side, they always have this cookie exchange, or at least used to every single year. And everybody would make, I don't know, three dozen cookies or something. And at Christmas, or around Christmas time, they would give like a dozen cookies to different people, and they would share cookies, this big cookie exchange. And my mom had this huge Tupperware container full of Christmas cookies in the freezer in the basement. My brother and I, we would always want to eat the cookies. She said, well, you can't have the cookies because the cookies for when people come over for Christmas. Well, people never came over for Christmas, and if they did, she never got the Christmas cookies out. <laughs> so year after year, there'd just be more cookies going in the freezer because she would never take the cookies out to eat. So eventually, my brother and I had the grand idea of in the middle of summer, we'd start eating the cookies in the freezer that was for guests to come over, but she never got the cookies out. Until one time, she finally got the cookies out, and most of the cookies were gone, and she was really mad at us because we are eating the cookies. <laughs> well, come to find out, my dad had been doing that for years, eating the cookies <laughs> down there, too, so it wasn't just us. And uh, Your mom w- w- was mad because you were taking all of her secret cookies she told you not Well, to probably. Take. I mean, it's, it was not a very good hiding spot. Apparently. Just a, there was a big Tupperware thing in the freezer, and it, it was labeled cookies. So we knew it was <laughs> cookies in there every single time. It was labeled cookies. So, long story short, the cookies eventually started to get eaten, but it wasn't because they came out when we were told it was going to come out. That's funny. So, my traditions aren't that exciting, I guess. No, it's not really um, exciting. It's just us being a bunch of fat yeah. guys. It's a good story, <laughs> at least. Uh, since Mel and I have been together, we watch Christmas Vacation pretty much every Thanksgiving night. Um, watch Christmas Story all day on Christmas. And it took my in-laws probably two or three years to finally like sit down and watch it all the way through. They had not seen it um, until I started making them watch it about 12 years ago. In um, all honesty, it's not that great of a movie. It's a fantastic but movie. But I watch it every single year. It's a great movie. Classic. Um, Oplotsky. You know what Oplotsky is? A what? Oplotsky. 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 O. O. Plot. Plot. Key. Oplotsky. Oplotsky. Is that... Uh, is that uh, Polish, I guess? Yes. Okay. Uh, Polish or European or something. But it's European. It's yeah. a European language. Yeah. No, it, oh, no it's, it's the, a thing. <laughs> yeah, it's a little white wafer that's okay. from like European <laughs> societies or whatever back in the day. Anyways. Like Poland? Yeah, like <laughs> Poland, but other nationalities do it as well. Shut up. Okay, anyway. Anyways, so Christmas Eve. We'd always have the whole family over, and you have to go around and break off Oplotsky. And you'd be like, oh, hope your year went well. Hope you have a great year. Good luck on the baby. Don't die. So we'd do this, and everyone had to break off this tiny little piece, and you'd like, give it to each other to eat. So uh-huh. the kids, <laughs> so this wafer is probably as big as a cell phone, right? Okay. So you basically take it, and the kids would just be like, hold that little bit, and crack off the rest. <laughs> I'm like, okay, we're done. <laughs> That's my story. And eat a lot of pierogies. Oplotki. Oplotki. Learn something new every day. And it's Oplotki. Is that how you spell it? I don't know how you spell it. Oh, my. Oplotki. It's probably like O-A. Looking it up. All right. Well, he looks it up. Just look up a little white wafer for Christmas Eve or something. Probably have better <laughs> luck. <laughs> oh, man. And eating pierogies, man. I'm Polish and proud. I love pierogies. Homemade. 
None of the store-bought frozen BS, man. I want homemade pierogies. I know how to make when I make a mean pierogi. Uh, mean. I think I found it. How do you spell it? O-P-L-A-T-K-I. O-P-L-A-T-K-I. Ooh, I spelled it right on my sheet, too. All right. <laughs> it it's, is. It's a great thing about Polish words. You can spell them wrong, and they still end up being right. Place of origin, Central Europe. It's basically unleavened bread is yeah. all it is. It's a wafer. Yeah. It's a communion wafer with a Christmas picture on it. Huh. All right. Learned it's a Catholic thing. I'm not Catholic, so I don't need to care about Oplatkis, I guess. But it's a wonderful tradition. I absolutely love it. One thing I also like to do is watch the old uh, claymation shows. Yes. Like Rudolph and Frosty and all those. We just started letting Jameson watch those or trying to get him to watch them. I routinely, multiple times throughout the year, have these Snow Miser and Heat Miser songs stuck in my head. <laughs> beginning to end, all the words. I almost know the choreographed dance. All right. But I can't do it because I'm not made out of clay. That's true. There we go. <laughs> I was going to say Facebook Live that. Well, let's do it. Anyways. Oh, man. I take a few more flannel melts. <laughs> um, couple, couple quick little points of things, big news that happened over the past couple weeks, or past week, I should say. Uh, Kareem Hunt was released by the Chiefs in response to a video being released of him hitting or kicking a woman. Actually, apparently, as of like two hours ago, there was another video or incident of him beating up some dude. So he's in a lot of trouble in the NFL. He's on the commissioner's exempt list. Um, yeah, cleared waivers, which we were kind of expected. Yeah, um, you kind of can't like <laughs> hit people, hit people, and expect to maintain a job. I mean, no, it's totally it's true. Common sense. Yeah, like yeah, they're athletes and they're put, placed up in this pedestal, and you see this all the time that they get in trouble for violence or abuse or drugs or whatever it might be. So they're in the spotlight a lot more, and something like this is going to come out against them a lot more frequently because there's those platforms like TMZ where it's their job to find dirt on somebody and release it at the right time to the right people. What I think is crazy is the Chiefs are having this immaculate season. Yeah. And all of a sudden TMZ is like, oh, by the way, look what we have. I find that very ironic, especially because they have been having a fantastic season and now... They're kind of screwed because he wasn't just a tiny part of that offense. No, he's a huge, huge asset to that offense. Um, so for all your kids out there listening, kudos to your parents for letting you listen to us. And don't kick people in the face. Ever. Or beat up anyone. Yeah, or punch anybody. or unless, you, unless you're MMA. Or unless you have no ambitions of having a professional life. Yeah, what Matt said. Um, So to touch on a story that we talked about last week, Sierra Nevada Brewing Company, we talked about them coming together and raising money to help support the victims and survivors of the campfire, the most uh, detrimental forest fire to ever hit California. And by to do this, they are brewing a beer called Butte County Proud IPA, and they contacted a whole bunch of breweries across the United States and the world to make their own version of this beer. And over 1,200 breweries have now said, yep, 
we will brew a batch of this beer, and 100% of the proceeds are going back to uh, Sierra Nevada to help fight the rebuilding in uh, uh, the aftermath of the fire, which is amazing. It's amazing that over 1,200 different breweries across the world are willing to put all this time, effort, and money into brewing a batch of beer to not make a single dime for themselves. Yeah. Outstanding. So Absolutely when, outstanding. When we talked about this last week, I think it was up to 800. Yep. Um, and that was within a week being at 400 to 800. So then in another week, now we're up to 1,200. The cool thing on is if you go to SierraNevada.com, they actually have all of their breweries that are doing this online. And they're actually alphabetically sorted now with their logos, too. So... Uh, last week it was just like here's our list of everybody. There's like a map, yep, so you can interactive go to breweries map. and stuff. Last and I checked, I think there's six or seven, maybe more now. That looks like a lot more breweries in Michigan now. Yeah, brewing it, so that's kind of cool. There's probably two dozen at least. So very cool, very good for them. Um, on a somber note, rest in peace, George H. W. Bush. Our 41st president passed away the other day, and he has a funeral today, and it was sad. My favorite magician is David Copperfield. That was what he was notorious for saying in his later years of life. <laughs> That's dirty and gross and wrong, but still, I still laughed at it. Hey, I'll take it. Hey, when I'm, how old was he? Like 97? Yeah, when I'm 90 years old. Well, I, should, I can say whatever the hell yeah, I want. I should be able to say whatever I want. Yep. I try to tiptoe that line right now, and it often gets me in trouble. Well, yeah, we're famous movies or radio stars. <laughs> sure. Famous. <Nope>. Famous? Oh. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, famous. <laughs> so, out of your, your uh, alma mater. As yeah. We know, as we know, your, your football am... coach lost and you're upset, or he lost. He did lose, that's why he got fired. Yeah. And he got fired, and I know you're upset about this. Well, uh, he had to go, I get it, but I was just upset that only got four years. But anyway, so we went and hired Jim McElwain. Um, he was introduced and announced this morning, uh, press conference and everything. Uh, head coach, Colorado State and Florida. 44-28 uh, record he spent last or this past season as the wide receivers coach at Michigan. Uh, he's an offensive coach, which I think is good. Uh, Bono was a special teams coach. Um, and I do think he had experience at Michigan and MSU. That might help with a little of the recruiting um, familiarity of our areas. But... In my opinion, he's a good, he's a name to hire. He's 54, 56 years old. Um, it was, in my opinion, again, too quick of a hire. Um, I was hoping they'd go a younger route like they did with Brian Kelly and Bush Jones and getting people who was in divisions lower and doing well. Um, but he did have a three and four season at Florida, then he got fired. He got progressively worse every year at Florida. So that kind of scares me, but I'm not I'm not sold on it. I All right. So I wish they they would find the young stud because I think that's what they need. They don't need a fifty six year old man coaching that team. You need to take a gamble. Yeah, I mean that that makes sense. It absolutely makes sense what you're saying. One thing I will say on his behalf though is he is coming into the Mac. The MAC is an offensively driven conference. Oh yeah, and him being an offensive-minded coach, I think this might be a good step in the in the right direction. I mean, you can pick a part of defense so much easier in the MAC than you can the Big Ten, the Big Twelve, the SEC, the ACC, any other Power Five conference. And to see him sort of say, I mean, it's not taking a a step down by any means. 
it's still a Division One program. Yeah, but it is a small Division One program that he can hopefully elevate to the next level. Right. And Central Michigan's been on the downslide for really the last three to four years, mm-hmm. if not a little bit longer in the big picture of things. And maybe this is the the change that they need. Right. I don't know. We'll see. I'm excited. I mean, obviously a change was needed and they made it. Um, him and our AD are buddies from back in their Bama days. So that's, I guess, the connection. But I don't know. I'm obviously still going to root for him and everything. I'm not going to hate on the guy um, until I see what he does on the field. But I, I was just kind of expecting to go in a different direction than what they did. So. Uh, time will tell. Time will tell. Patience is a virtue with cultivating. Exactly. And that's what we need to remember, especially because I ranted about that last week. <laughs> yes, it's been seven days now since the last time you were upset about it. Right. I'm not going to get upset. I give him time. <laughs> about four days. I don't see championships. <laughs> I don't see championships in four days. <laughs> um, speaking of championships, all 41 bowls were announced. 41 yeah. That's 82 teams. Yep. There's 126 teams in the FBS. You really have to be kind of like Central Michigan to not make a bowl game this year. This and is by ridiculous. that I mean bad at football. Michigan plays Florida in the Peach Bowl, the third time they've met in four seasons. MSU plays Oregon in the Red Box Bowl. What the hell is that? That's the fifth time they've probably Wait met a, in like five, ten years. Wait a sense of yourself. I did. I said I know. I, I know. know. I, said, I was complimenting you. Thank you, thank you. I think the names of these bowls are... It's stupid! Ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. This goes back to the early days of Matt and Muse when we ranted about participation trophies. Guess yeah. what? Your team went 6-6. Six and six. You're not that good. You don't get to go to a bowl game. But money. But exactly. I know why. Money. Money. Money, money, money. What... What do Oregon and MSU get for going to the Red Box Bowl? A year of Red Box rentals? Yeah, I mean, sure. I didn't even know Red Box was still around. Oh, Red Box is sweet. Do you use Red Box? I have used Red okay. Box. I have never even used Red Box. I so. have not used it recently because I am now a proud new subscriber to Hulu. You know how proud I am. <laughs> I got a good deal on it, and so I did it. I'm a proud new subscriber. <laughs> so, hey, everybody, guess what I do now? I'm a Huluer. Um, Hulu, Hulu. No, Redbox is actually really convenient because there's no, they have your information, so there's no like late fee. You just take it back when you want to take it back, and they're everywhere. So like, I can go get a Redbox from, or go get a movie or a game from Meyer and take it back to Kroger. So or, that's kind of neat. Or you could go to Family Video, take it back to Family Video. Yeah. Or there's due dates or, though on that. Or and late fees. Or you could sit on your butt and watch it on Netflix. Well, most human beings like to get out of the house once in a while and yeah. interact with everybody else and see the world and get some fresh air and maybe a little bit of sunshine. Nothing better than some vitamin D in your life, Adam. I like to sit in my basement and mope. Yeah, you're like a troll. <laughs> exactly what I am. <laughs> Musinski's a very trollish last name. You gotta read the last one? Oh, I got excited. <laughs> uh, Green Bay Packers have officially fired Mike McCarthy after losing to the Cardinals at home. 
And that was probably the best birthday present Aaron Rodgers has gotten. <laughs> Except there was no kid born. That could have been better. But yeah, well, at this a point. long pregnancy. At this point, Danica Patrick would have been pregnant for about 11 months. <laughs> so Something like that. I don't think she's pregnant yet. Long time coming. Um, they've had a bad three-year stretch. Uh, first time they've ever fired a coach mid-season. This is not a Packer thing to do. No, but it does, as listening today, does give him the ability to go start interviewing people right now without having to worry about McCarthy because they have an interim coach. Um, yep. I mean, the Packers aren't in the playoff hunt right now. I mean, for them to make the wild cards a stretch, huge stretch. Yeah, they got to win out and ha- have help. That's like the Lions, too. Yep. And But they're not the Lions. They're like a successful franchise. So... I think it's good, but also on an interesting note, I mean, I bet you Mike McCarthy, he has a playbook possibly longer than a page long. The Lions may be in need of offensive coordinator I, at the end of the season. I did think that, actually, when I heard the news. <laughs> I was like, hmm, imagine him on the sidelines. And he knows all the teams in the NFC Central right. already, or the NFC North, excuse me, already. So, I don't know, Detroit, get that checkbook out. Right. I'm game. Do it. Do it. Do it. Do it. Um, Do it. College football playoff poll. What's he doing? Do it. Do it. (laughs) (laughs) Came out. Um, Alabama, number one. Computer just decided to die. Clemson, number two. Notre Dame, number three. And Oklahoma, number four. Um, Initial reaction to get the rankings correct? Yeah, I can't argue anything. Yeah. yeah. It's what I... I thought they would knock Notre Dame for not having a championship game by knocking them down a peg, but they did not. So, um, yeah, that's kind of my thoughts on it. Matt has been thinking about a proposal to uh, change. It's be a game changer. Now, I right. wanna I wanna listen to this, and then you're gonna hear my rebuttal. All right. So, this isn't. There's a lot of people debating. Keep it at four teams. Keep it eight teams. Go to sixteen. I'm not worried about how many teams there's going to be. This would work with however many teams they decide to let in, even if they keep it at four. So right now there is a committee that decides who the top four teams in the nation are and gets to decide based on however they feel their strength of schedule is, however they feel about how they played against opponents. Usually it comes down to the later games in the season, so those tend to be the bigger games. And they say, these are our top four teams this year being Alabama, Clemson, Notre Dame, Oklahoma. And they are going to go play for the College National Football Championship. That is a flawed system. And it gets proven year after year after year that people get upset. There's always going to be that first one to two teams out in your five and six ranked teams. There's always going to be those teams that people feel are deserving but don't make it in. So here's my proposal. You still have that committee. That committee is responsible for 50% of the influence of these teams making the college football playoffs. You then go to the players and coaches and have them vote on what teams they feel should make the college football playoffs. That's 25% of the votes. You then go to fans, and that is 25% of the influence on what teams make it. Obviously, every fan base is going to feel their teams deserve to be there. But that's why they are only 20, at most, at mm. absolute most, 25% of the influence. Mm. And so they go on, they vote, and then you have fans like 
You and I, for instance. Yeah, I want Michigan State to be in the playoffs. I'm a Spartan fan, but they don't deserve it. I know they don't deserve it. Right. So I would willingly vote for a team that I feel deserves it other than, honestly, Notre Dame's 12-0. No, they didn't play in a championship game, and that might come into consideration for some people and say, you know what, I just don't feel like Notre Dame deserves to be in there because they didn't play a conference championship game. Yeah, they're 12-0, but they're not an exemplary 12-0 team. Why not put Ohio State in there? I'm going to put my hat in the ring for that. It's a, it's a system that gives different ideas, different opinions a voice as opposed to these however many dozens of people behind locked doors coming up with their own opinions and saying, yep, these are our final four teams. That's the be-all, end-all. There's going to be no discussion. There's going to be no other influence. We see this happen with uh, all-star games. Um, it doesn't happen in professional sports because in professional sports, there's so many fewer teams, it's easy to figure out who's the best because they essentially play everybody. Mm-hmm. especially like in baseball and in basketball in hockey and almost in football too so with something like this you get influence from all over the nation you get teams that may have played Clemson but never played Notre Dame or vice versa and they have their opinions on the matter they may have played Ohio State and not Oklahoma so they're going to know what that team is. That coach is going to have a feeling of how good that team is, how they would succeed against another team, against a Clemson or an Alabama. So I think it's a great system. I think it's something that should be looked into, and it's something that I have never heard anywhere else before being proposed. It may have been, but I think I might be on to something here. So So you got committee at 50%? Yep. Okay. So committee yep. at fifty. So they're still they're still the leading force, right? By far, right? And it would take all the players and coaches and all the fans to equal what the committee right. says. Yeah, and I think honestly, you'd see between the committee because you got the coaches poll already between the committee, coaches, and players, you would see some change, but not a ton. I think you'd kind of see it more towards the bottom of the rankings, like the oh, probably. fifteen to twenty fives. Um, why not? I mean, I don't know. That's fine with me. I just thought you were going to expand it. <laughs> no, 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 no. I mean, um, no matter how big you expand the college football playoffs, if you go to eight teams, then your nine and ten teams are going to be first out, and they're going to feel slighted. Yeah. You go to 16, and your 17, 18 teams are going to feel slighted. Right. Your three to four lost teams at that point. And it's not worth it, because no matter how big you make the playoffs, there's always going to be that one team that feels slighted. Just like you look at the NCAA basketball tournament, you've got – 64 teams in that tournament, well, 65 and 66, they feel slighted. But at least they're number one in the NIT. But they got in because they're 68 teams. No. Sorry. <laughs> they got the play-in games now. Okay, your 70th team is going to feel slighted. And they're number one seed in the NIT. I mean, there's always that next option for them. Here it's just, oh, here's this other bowl game in Pasadena. Here's this bowl game up in Oregon. Here's this right. bowl game down in Texas. Um why not give if, – if the college football championship is going to be such an elite set of games, if it's going to be put on such a high pedestal, allow the entire nation that's going to pay all this money to watch these games because obviously it's a money-driven thing. There's no arguing that. But all these people that are paying money to watch these games and pay money to go to get buy tickets and stay at home and, and watch it on their big screen TVs with all the food and beer that they're buying, have some influence in the game. Have some influence in the Final Four. It's – 
And what I'm proposing, a quarter of the influence, which isn't going to affect a damn thing, but it changes how people feel. Okay. I'll take it. Uh, my only thoughts on the committee and the final four is when it first happened, I thought they need to expand it. They need to go to eight teams. And then I kind of came back, okay, they should actually go to six. I'm set on four teams. No, I that's fine. don't need it to be expanded because if you look at college basketball, that regular season is meaningless. The only, It helps maybe 16 teams. They go into their conference tournament, which all the teams in the conference get in anyways, and they can win out, and you can have a 1-31 in 31 team win out through the tournament, their conference tournament, and make it to the March Madness dance. That's why I don't think you keep it. That's why I think you do keep it at four. You don't want to water it down. If it is an eight-team playoff, Michigan-Ohio State doesn't matter. That game, while there's a rivalry and bragging rights, it is not as intense as it was. True. That's why I want to keep it at four teams. The men's basketball season, it's just meaningless. I don't want that to happen to football. Every week counts. You lose a game. You're all of a sudden looking like, okay, how can I get in now? You make it eight teams, you, you, you one-loss teams are getting in left and right. Essentially, if you have eight, te- eight teams going into this, it's going to be your power fives plus three randoms. Yeah. And that's going to give like a UCF, a Notre Dame, and a two-loss team. Right. Yeah, that, I just... And, then, and once again, you're, you're going to be saying, oh, these are eight teams, but nine of tens be like, what the hell, right. what about us? I think if you if you expand the playoff, you severely hurt the quality and the importance of the regular season, which you're already making so much money on, that you just leave it at four teams. You go ahead. I know the bowl games now. There's 41 of them. I don't like it. You're already getting in 82 teams. Okay, that's two thirds, or might be three quarters of the actual entire field. Only 40 teams, because the 41st bowl game or or 80 teams, the 41st bowl games national championship. Oh. You, but want, still. you want to argue about two teams? But still, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, you're right. But yeah, that's just it though. Like, you're letting in 80 teams. There's 124, 126, whatever it is. Two thirds of them are getting in. Let them make their money. Do what they want. Go to the Bahamas Bowl. Go to the Red Box Bowl. That no one's gonna watch. And just be fine with it. I'm gonna watch it. I know you are, because you're a state fan. It's New Year's Eve Bowl. I hope it's not in the middle of the day. It probably is. Michigan State and Oregon. But I have to work early in the day, New Year's Eve, and I'd rather watch uh, the game yeah. as opposed to working. Touche. So that's my thing. But so yeah, it'll probably be like noon 30. Noon 30. So you talked about claymation earlier. And oh yeah. there have been rumors of parents not liking those anymore. Uh, yeah. So... This may be the most controversial thing I've ever said on our show thus far. Um, I don't know how true of an article this was, but I came across an article a friend of mine shared on Facebook earlier this morning about Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. If you've never seen Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, the claymation from the late 70s, or early 80s, whenever the hell it was, shame on you, because it's a classic and everybody should watch it. So... Brief synopsis of the episode is Rudolph has a freakish red nose and all the other reindeer laugh and call him names and his dad covers his nose up with some dirt so he looks like the other reindeer. 1964. 1964. It's a long time ago. I can say that because 
that was the year before my dad was born. And he's getting old. Anyway, Rudolph basically gets picked on by everybody, and Santa's like, oh, there's fog. I need you, Rudolph. And all of a sudden, his nose is useful. So basically, it's him overcoming adversity to triumph and make a name for himself. Because, as you know, he is the most famous reindeer. He says so in the song. So, apparently, there's some people out there who are upset that this is still getting viewed because bullying's bad. That's basically the gist of the argument. So, I can't believe how much Rudolph's getting bullied. Bullying's bad. You shouldn't show bullying on TV. All right. Well... You see, I coach baseball for a number of years, and I have played sports my entire life, and I am no stranger to failure by any stretch of the imagination. I fail a lot. You can ask my wife. I burned a grilled cheese sandwich yesterday. <laughs> I'm a failure at things at times. <laughs> failure is necessary. Failure breeds success. Without failure, people do not understand how successes are achieved. In sports, in your professional life, in your careers, even at home, even doing projects, you need to screw things up. At times, you're going to get made fun of. At times, you're going to get put down by your peers and your superiors. Those things happen. And what's frustrating me is I see plenty of kids and even people our age that, once again, those participation trophies we talked about, they just expect everything to be handed to them. They expect everything to be spoon-fed to them. Well, that's not going to get you anywhere in life. There is no reason Preach. that any... I am. This feels great. <laughs> there is no reason for anybody to expect a handout every single time that they walk into a room just because it was given to them by their parents or the people that raised them when they were growing up. That's not how this world works. There's a reason that the world has gone through so much adversity, whether it be war or famine or disaster, and still been able to come out ahead because they weren't just given, say, hey, we're in a war don't worry about fighting. Just let them win. No, you got to fight. You have to figure out how to achieve the success. You have to figure out how to get on top of everybody else and win in a certain scenario, whatever it might be in life. So parents, keep doing whatever the heck you want. But there's going to be a certain point where your kids are going to be so coddled. They're not going to be able to take adversity. They're going to cry. They're going to break down. They're not going to be able to handle growing up and taking our world and making it a better place. Because if they just expect everything to come to them, they're not going to work to achieve anything they actually need to do in life. Ah. It's absurd. Absolutely absurd. I agree 100%. Toughen up. Failure is key to success. Let your kids fail. When Jameson falls, sometimes I laugh at him. You should. It's funny. But... If he's okay, he gets up and he keeps going. That's how he learns. Yeah. That's simple it's, as that. Every time I wake up with a wicked hangover, I learn. I say, hey, maybe I shouldn't have that extra four beers. And so next time I have an extra three and I'm still wicked hungover. So it doesn't matter. Eventually I'm going to hit that perfect point where I'm like, I'm not hungover anymore. This is perfect. He did preface this with saying he fails and sucks at everything. I so. do. I do I do <laughs> fail a lot. I am, I am a born failure. And it's... I'm going to say an S word because when I learned how to weld, it was terrible. It was ugly. But my grandpa was teaching me how to weld because I was on the farm. And we had to learn how to fix things. And he laughed and goes, Matt, and I quote, that's a bird shit weld. I said, what's that? <laughs> and he goes, well, you look at it and it's pocked and speckled all over the place. Looks like a bird flew by and shit on your project. I'm like, oh, what do I do? Start over. Right. Exactly. 
You learn from adversity. You parents of the world, stop babying your kids. I mean, I'm not telling you how to raise your kid. You can do whatever the heck you want. But Our kids this is some be advice. Better. I did coach a lot of kids. Our kids will end up better. I hope so. <laughs> now I'd feel really bad if Olivia's like, yeah, screw you, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> she's already going to do that. You know that. Oh, she's babied already. All right. So new little segment here. Wrap this first half up. Um, we're going to do a random topic um, and give you our top six rank because sports shows are all about rankings, but we don't want to rank sports. We want Everybody rank, ranks sports. Yeah. Well, I don't want to rank my top 72 quarterbacks or whatever it is. I want to rap. I want to rank my top six salad dressings. That's a good good thing to rank. So are we, are we starting here from uh, six and working our way back we're up to gonna one? We're going to start here at six. Okay. Would you like to go first? Oh, I, would, I would love to go first. Go. Let's do it. All right. So my number six salad dressing is balsamic vinaigrette. I like how it's a little bit oily, a little bit, you know, sour, but it just, it covers everything. It's not a heavy dressing. And like once you get down to the bottom, you take a piece of bread and just swirl around the bottom of your salad bowl. You get okay. all the rest of the balsamic vinaigrette. I'm, I'm not a fan. Well, that's fine. No. These are my rankings. No, I know. I mean. uh, my number six was Italian. Um, I like Italian. It goes on a variety of salads. And I also like to use it while I'm cooking. So I kind of double forced with it. And there's lots of different brands out there. I got brand specific. Did you get brand specific with some? Um, Newton's own balsamic vinaigrette is Well, you don't have to with this one. but uh, Just regular Italian dressing. I like it. Very versatile. I like cooking oh. chicken. All right. That's, that's very nice. So, actually, my number five was Italian. Nice. And the biggest reason is I'm a huge fan of sandwiches. And there's nothing better than a good homemade Italian oh, dressing yes. sandwich. And I think that's a very good reason to use Italian dressing, other than, like, salad and other animal food. If you buy an Italian sandwich... And don't put Italian dressing on it. That's just a travesty. You need to stop eating sandwiches. I love a good sandwich. I had a sandwich before I came over here. Me too. Okay, so I had a classic is, would you consider spinach artichoke dip a condiment? Because I feel gross about using it as one, but I am happy with the way it tasted. I don't see why not. All right, so what I did, I went to Jack's, our local market around the corner here, and I got some spinach artichoke dip, and I spread it on a piece of bread, and I threw some salami and some cheese and a little bit of spicy mustard on it, and went to town. As I'm eating this, I'm like, oh, my God, I'm a fat, disgusting pig because I just used a dipping sauce as a condiment. But I'm proud of myself. Sorry, didn't mean to get too far off track. No worries. Uh, my number five, I put Thousand Island. Um it's one not too many people think of, but it's very good on a hamburger. It is. Yeah. Really? It's very good on salads. Um, it's a change of pace, a little tang. I like it. Number four. We just did. Oh, we just did number five. Sorry. Yep. Number four, blue cheese. Blue cheese okay. dressing. I don't like that at all. Well, I, I like stinky, disgusting cheeses. And if you mix that with... A white creamy sauce base. It's perfect. Okay. Love it with my wings. I love it with my salads. I love just eating spoonfuls of it. That's not true. That's disgusting. <laughs> I would never do that. That's so gross. Uh, I picked Subway's Southwest Chipotle. Ooh, hey, hey. hey. That's all right. Yeah. All right. I, I thought about this for a while. Um, 
Uh, again, another perfect sandwich dressing. Um, never had it on a salad, but definitely on sandwiches. It's one of my go-tos when I go there, and I will. I like Chipotle dressings across the board, but that's definitely my favorite there. Number four. Number three. Number three. Ranch. Just because uh, I live in the Midwest, <laughs> and one of the most Midwestern things to say is, "Oh, it's gonna squeeze me on and get the ranch." Put ranch on everything. It's a very Midwestern thing, mind you, to put ranch on pizza and to dip your fries in ranch. Melanie. And dip everything in ranch. Yep. There's Melanie. very few things I haven't dipped in ranch. Yeah. I'm I think ranch is disgusting. Okay. But I love <laughs> Number three, Olive Garden Italian dressing. The so you king. Had Italian dressing. Yes. And then I had Olive Garden dressing. Italian dressing. The king of Italian dressing. It makes a salad. You could have the worst salad ever. You put Olive Garden Italian dressing on that salad, and it just became the best salad ever. Okay. I would like to prove that. Let's go get some E. coli lettuce, (laughs) some uh, moldy carrots, and undercooked hard-boiled eggs. Throw some Italian Olive Garden Italian dressing on it. Eat it. E. coli gone. All good. Fantastic. All right. Number two. Could you imagine that salad? That would be terrible. That would be terrible. Number two <laughs> for me is a nice Catalina dressing. I oh, I, I like d- Catalina dressings because they're great on taco salads or regular salads. Get a little bit of zing to it. Right. And it reminds me of French dressing, but it's different because it's Spanish, I guess. Which is really close to France if you ever look at a map. Right. Uh, Melanie really likes that. I I'm not a Catalina fan. Um, on my taco salads, I prefer actually Ranch or Thousand Island or Italian, actually. Ew. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. Uh, my number two, Aldi brand ranch. Not the healthy stuff. <laughs> it is fan-freaking So when they, when they make the fat-free ranch, they take all the fat out of that ranch and put it in your ranch? Yeah. It's like fatted ranch? Yeah. I've had, like, we're like, oh, we should try the healthy stuff because we really like their unhealthy stuff. We're like, yeah, no, we're not buying the healthy stuff ever again. Oh, like, you remember that PB2 stuff that's supposed to be, like, peanut butter, but it's, like, healthy peanut butter? No, that's stupid. Miserable. I don't eat my peanut butter and jellies for the health benefits. Right. Number one. Thousand Island. Nice. I will eat Thousand Island on anything, literally anything. Basically, what Thousand Island is, it's just... So, Big Mac sauce. Have you ever had a Big Mac? Yeah, Thousand Island. Yeah. You know how they make it, though? It's just all the ingredients from the Big Mac ground up and then put back on the Big Mac. So, like, if you ate a Big Mac, threw Mm -hmm. up the Big Mac, and then put your throw up on a Big Mac, essentially what it is minus the stomach. I'm so glad I don't eat McDonald's anymore. So, Thousand Island dressing is all your best condiments. It's got your ketchup, your mustard, your relish, your onions, your breads, and they mix it all up and mush it all up, and they put it on a salad it's amazing it's like eating extra condiments with your condiments that's gross the way you describe that throwing up is just disgusting (laughs) number one g's pizzeria ranch uh hometown favorite oh my god it is good yumminess it's fantastic. It goes with cheese sticks. It goes on bread. It goes on pizza. It goes on salad. It goes in it your goes beer. In it goes <laughs> in your eyes. I'll drink it straight out of a it. container. Adam once considered buying a growler of G's ranch dressing. But they wanted to charge me $50, and I said, that's outrageous. No, you said, um, 
No, that's too much. You thought about it. You considered it. Well, duh. It's G's Ranch. It's like liquid gold. Except it's white. <laughs> white gold. White gold. Oh, Isn't that a name for cocaine? The freaking best ranch. Exactly, Melanie. Thank you. Thank you. Adam will get an extra ranch just to take a little carafe of ranch home with him. Oh, I he doesn't totally have food do. to take home. He just wants to take the carafe of ranch dressing yes. home with him. I've taken like three or four of them home, depending on who's working. <laughs> <laughs> I got to take this home, man. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Coming up, we got our beer of the podcast stat slash fact of the podcast. I break down Bohemian Rhapsody, which I saw over the weekend. We reflect on the Lions, our fantasy teams, and give you our week 14 picks with my sister-in-law, Lauren Kippy.
Welcome back. Uh, took a little break. We're back. Ready yeah. to rock. Beer the podcast time. We all yeah. know the beautiful sound. I got the wrong mouse in my hand. Um, so, this week's Beer the Podcast. We decided to go with one of the breweries that is helping out with Sierra Nevada. <laughs> There's 1,200. <laughs> Pick just about <laughs> any beer we want. <laughs> um, uh, Bell's Whiskey Barrel Aged Cherry Stout. Uh, aged for up to 12 months in whiskey barrels. Uh, their signature cherry stout. Um, we've all its flavors. Notes of oak, vanilla, dark chocolate, uh, Michigan tart cherries, uh, 9.3 ABV, unlimited shelf life. Um, the ones we are drinking right now are just about a year old. They will be a year old by the time this podcast comes live. Exactly. Money. I am excited. I love this beer fresh. Can't wait to taste a little bit of age on it. Oh, yeah. Oh, that is smooth. Oh, man. Just enough tart cherry in there. Not medicinal at all. The chocolate. It literally tastes like a chocolate-covered cherry. Dipped in a glass of of bourbon. Exactly. I love it. Fantastic choice, Matthew. I figured we might as well get something special out. Exactly. Because I'm having a kid. Yeah. Well, Melanie's having a kid. I'm going to become a dad again. You're hopefully going to be there. <laughs> oh, I will be there. Good thing it didn't happen last Friday or I guess two Fridays ago when we were watching the match. <laughs> right, right. Had a, It'd been awkward to go live from the delivery room. It would have been. I would have done it, <laughs> but it would have been. <laughs> Probably got divorced in the process. <laughs> I've heard divorce is hard, so. Yep. Um, did you know there was one member of Queen who did not get divorced ever? He was been married for, I'm going to find his name. I can't, it's off the top of my head. He's a bass player. John Deacon. Um, he's been married for, I don't know, like 40 years. He has like six kids and still lives in England. Good for him. Apparently. So I went and saw Bohemian Rhapsody. This is what this is leading to. Great movie. Uh, anyone's a fan of Queen. I'm a huge fan of Queen. Um, go check it out. Uh, fantastic. Fantastic movie. Um, the only few gripes I had about it was because it was PG-13, I think this is the reason, there was not a lot of use of drugs or sex in the movie. Okay. The only That seems a little wrong. Wrong. Those are rock stars. Right. That's the only reason I think because I'm watching the movie and I'm looking at these guys and I'm thinking like Brian and Roger are like good boys. And I'm like, no. <laughs> they partied with Elton John and had midgets walking around with trays of Coke on their head. Like, these are not what? good boys. You know that? Yeah, that's a fact. Actually. Okay. Yeah. All um, right, good to know. But yeah, that's my thing. And longer songs, um, they only took bits and pieces of songs, and they never actually played Bohemian Rhapsody all the way through, which is very sad. Why, I don't know. I tried to look that up. I could not find the reason. Um, but yeah, other than that, it was a great, great song. You could tell it was a huge movement of rock and roll. Um, obviously, they're very experimental. Um, and yeah, Freddie Mercury was a one-of-a-kind person. He was very to himself, and then... When he was on stage, he was a completely different person. The guy they had playing him did a fantastic, fantastic job. Um, he actually had the extra sizers or whatever they are. 
what? Exercisers? No, the sizers that are in. Incisor. Um, incisors, yeah. Um, so, like, he definitely pronounced, I guess is probably the best word. Um, his Enunciated? Teeth. No, like, pronounced, like, he would always make sure you could see his front teeth. Oh, Cause, gotcha. Which is weird, though, because Freddie Mercury did not like that fact about I did him. know that. I mean, growing up, Freddie Mercury was very uh, embarrassed, really, of Ronnie his, Malik. his teeth and his mouth and the way he looked, because he had buck teeth and a really big mouth. But in all reality and actuality, it is thought that it is his the way his mouth and his jawline and teeth were formed that helped him sing with such mm-hmm. amazing prowess. Exactly, exactly. It's a great movie. It's a great storyline. Um, again, definitely go check it out. My only gripe was the lack of sex and drugs, but as because everybody being, goes to a movie looking for sex and drugs. Well, no, it just <laughs> it made it, it would make it seem more pure. No, absolutely, it's a rock star movie. You know, and that's my only gripe. I know, I know they did. Obviously, I'm not green behind the ears by any means, but I just thought that could have been a little touch. But if they were trying to get it rated PG-13, they probably couldn't do that. So you're allowed one f bird, f bird, f word in a PG-13 movie. Yes, you are. Have you ever seen? Oh man, it's Get Shorty's sequel. I didn't know there was a sequel. Yeah. Um, Be Cool. <laughs> oh. Uh, Be Cool has John Travolta in it. And he goes, he's driving down with Jim. Uh, I can't remember the dude's name now. He's driving down the road, though. He goes, you know, you can only say the F word in a PG-13 movie once without it going up in rating. He's like, no, that's stupid. He goes, yeah, fuck that. <laughs> Everyone goes, oh. And it's actually only rated PG-13. So <laughs> that would be the reason <laughs> he used it right there. It's it's a funny movie. It's a cool movie. Obviously, if you've seen Get Shorty, um, it's definitely right there. All right, Danny DeVito. I'll have to check it out. Yeah, I have it. You can borrow it if you want. All right, all right. I might. Fantasy football playoffs are officially underway for just about everybody as Monday night football wraps up here in a couple hours. I'll let you lead because you have a couple teams. I only have one. How are you doing? Well, we'll start from the bottom. I thought I drafted a very good team. Kind of leaned heavy in Leonard Fournette. He went from being injured to suspended. And I have two wins in that league. I am not going to make the playoffs. This can't get last place because in that league, to avoid tanking, Last place has to pay a loser's tax of like, I don't remember how much, 10 or 20 bucks, something like that. So, don't get last place. <laughs> That's funny. It sucks. Um, my other league, one of my other leagues, I am on the precipice of possibly making the playoffs. Maybe a last seed, though. So, tonight should guarantee me a win. I might make the playoffs next week. I don't know. It depends how it sort of shakes out. And in my good league, I am in the playoffs. I am a number like three or four seed. I was about I was one win and 110 points away from being a number one seed in my division. Nice. So I'm just hoping to get third place in that so I can get my money back. Because I don't think I'm going to win. Because there's two teams in that league that are playing exceptionally well. I say they're playing well. They just picked the right players. <laughs> right. Um, I've been playing fantasy football for eight years. I've only missed the playoffs once. 
Um, I'm coming off back-to-back championships and a championship appearance, and I am now outside of the playoffs, and I am not getting in. <laughs> so <laughs> a little hard, but I keep telling myself, hey, you can't win every year. I'm just sitting back watching. Um, There's really no dominant teams in that league, is he? No, no, not at all. Eight and four won the league. I uh, lost seven. Oh, I guess they're still playing, so it could be nine and four. But, I mean, it's very equally based and evened out and everything. Not too many game difference between everyone. And the points are pretty even, too, uh, until you get to the very bottom. But we're looking. We're at a 12-team league, so everyone beat up on each other pretty good. Um, again, all the injuries and lackluster performances out there this year definitely didn't help any all. So. so something that really frustrated me this week with fantasy football which there's always many things every week that frustrate me in fantasy football, is on my bench, I had Isaiah Kroll, Derrick Henry, and Jamal Jackson. And they outscored Marlon Mack, David Johnson, and Lamar Miller. Never in a million years would I ever think that would happen, but all three of them were on my bench, and the other three I started. So I did not have a very good week this week. So I needed to win this week and have two other teams lose in order for me to make the playoffs. I'm going to win. The other teams, two teams also won, so I'm out. But I had, I picked up um, Butler from Kansas City, their kicker. Uh, he ended up giving me 12 points. I thought it was great. And then I went and I looked and I benched Fairbairn, Baron, uh, Houston's kicker. And I looked at, he had 21 points. Yeah. And he sat on my bench as a kicker. So, again, kickers, you never know. Um, but, hey, whatever. I'm over it. I lost. I'm out. I got the whole Constellation playoffs or whatever. It's I'm called not Constellation playoffs? Constellation. Okay. I could have swore you said Constellation. I did. Um, I'm just going to let it go. I'm over it. Whatever. The Ryan's belt playoffs. Exactly. So, uh, Lions. Gemini Lions sucked. Okay, so I'm not going to talk to the Lions for a very long time, but I just want to say this one thing and one thing only. Jim Bob Cooter is a miserable, miserable offensive coordinator, and I thought this last year. Last year I thought him and Stafford meshed really well, but I didn't think that he called a very good game. His playbook is so freaking predictable, it's not even funny. It's absolutely unreal that I can know exactly what plays they're going to run and what point of the game and I am not a professional scout. I am not a professional coach. I shouldn't be able to know what they're going to run. I shouldn't be able to predict their play call. There was one time that I remember all season watching them that they passed it on first down, especially starting a game, and it blew my mind. It was absolutely unreal. It was like two weeks ago. Yeah. It's absurd. So I don't know if you ever played any of the old football games on NES mm-hmm. where like you pressed up B for run play one, you played right B for run play two, down A for pass play one. That's got to be Cooter's playbook because it's so <laughs> simple and pathetic, and he's only got like two targets on each play. And not to mention, you had LeGarrette Blunt, not on Johnson, running the ball this past week because on's hurt. And Blunt, yeah, he's a bruiser, but he's old. He's just a big brute, and that's about it. And he had a couple okay runs. But you can't rely on him to consistently get you guards up the gut, especially when you're double-teaming the defensive linemen for the Rams and they're still getting to the backfield. It was bad, and there was no changes at all in the play calling. The only time there was, they scored a touchdown, and then they went back to the old crap they did before where it's predictable. Cooter, it's been great. No, it hasn't. It's been acceptable. No, it's been bad. <laughs> it's been miserable, and I'm not going to be happy to see you here if you're here another season. I think you're going to be the scapegoat. 
good riddance. Don't let the door hit you in the way out. I agree. Um, I'm actually interested to see if they do make a play at McCarthy. I think that'd be a pretty big pickup, especially with his success with Aaron Rodgers. Um, obviously, recently he has not had that success, but why not bring him in, let him work for Stafford, and see what happens? Um, he got so much money wrapped up in him. I know there's trade rumors out there, but that's a lot of money that they'd have to eat to make that trade. I don't think they're going to do that right now. Um, but yeah, we'll see. But yeah, they're apparently they are still in the playoff race. So if they win out and get some help, they can win, and get in, and they're going to have to play the Cardinals, the Bills, the Packers, and the Vikings. And Vikings is a toss up, but there's a good chance they still finish 500. Yeah, and if my aunt had balls, she'd be my uncle. <laughs> on that note, let's bring our guest picker on. All right, Lauren Kippy, what's up? That too much? What's going on? Oh, you know, living the dream. Uh, for those that don't know, Lauren is my sister-in-law. Uh, tell us a little about your, tell us a little about yourself. Uh, well, I'm an occupational therapist, and I enjoy watching football. So I'm here to make my picks. Cool. All right. First game is Thursday night, Jacksonville at Tennessee. Who do you got? I got uh, Tennessee. I like it. Yeah. (laughs) I have Tennessee, too, mainly because Jacksonville (laughs) looks like garbage all season lately. Well, all season lately. Pretty much all season. All season. Exactly. (laughs) Uh, Tennessee, I think Marcus Mariota is going to be all fancy and win them a game. Nice. Uh, Philly, I agreed with that. (laughs) In case no one's heard, uh, Philly at Dallas. (laughs) I got Philly. Good choice. No. I'm going to agree with you. Dallas looked exceptional (laughs) against New Orleans. Absolutely exceptional. And they're playing home again. But no way in hell they're going to look that good two weeks in a row. I don't think Dallas is going to get more than one win to finish off the season. Nope. Dallas is going to win. They're coming off 10-day break Uh, after two Thursday games. A big win against New Orleans. They're going to carry that over and beat Philly. Uh, Rams at Bears, Lauren. Uh, I got the Rams. Once again, I like it. I almost went Chicago here. Chicago's (laughs) going to be at home, and they play really well at home, but Mm -hmm. Trubisky should be back this week. He is coming off an injury. He's either going to play out of his mind or he's going to play like garbage because he's been sidelined the last two weeks. Either way, I think... (laughs) Oh, my gosh, you scared me. You just opened up a door on the back of the bar here. I thought I was falling down. I don't remember where I was going with that. No, go Rams. <laughs> that was my goal, to make you stop talking or get boring. <laughs> uh, I'm going to put this in here. I, this game has been up in the air for me. I'm taking Chicago. They're at home. The Rams, I think they just give up too many points. Their defense isn't all it's cracked up to be, and I think Chicago's defense can actually hold the Rams to limited yards and limited points playing in Chicago, crappy weather, a warm weather team. The Bears will win and clinch the division. It's supposed to be nice next weekend around here. Shut up. Minnesota at Seattle. (laughs) I got Seattle on that one. Is it just because Brian really likes Seattle? No, it's because I like Seattle. Oh, gosh. (laughs) 
I agree with you. I pick Seattle too. Um, Is it just because Brian really likes Seattle? Yeah. No. <laughs> Brian's my brother-in-law. He loves Russell Wilson in Seattle. Uh, no, I'm picking on their home team. Minnesota's traveling cross-country. Uh, Monday night game. Minnesota's been iffy. Seattle's been looking really good and been on a tear lately. I'm going Seahawks. Uh, I'm going Minnesota all day. They actually looked really good against New England last night. Um, the score didn't necessarily reflect that. It was a very good game, very close game. Kirk Cousins is on point. He's got one of the best receivers in the league right now with Thielen. Minnesota's going to take it to him. Seattle's defense has been kind of shaky these last few weeks. That uh, 12th man thing isn't what it used to be when they had the boom squad out there. All right, last game, our random game, Carolina at Cleveland. Who do you got, Lauren? Definitely Carolina. You're definitely wrong. I think Adam's wrong. <laughs> Can't go with Cleveland. They got four wins. They're exciting. Carolina they just came off a loss, if I'm not mistaken. They fired, yeah, because they lost. Oh, I forgot who it was they already lost to. They just fired like their entire defensive coaching staff. And special teams coach. And special teams coach. They're going to Cleveland. Cleveland's got nothing to lose. Cleveland wins by 12. Uh, nope. <laughs> you couldn't be more wrong. Uh, yeah, I'm right. Russell Wilson's pissed. What is that? Or not Russell Wilson. Cam Newton's pissed. <laughs> I was still in the last game. Cam Newton's pissed, and he's going to come into <laughs> Cleveland, and he's going to bulldoze people. We'll see what happens. All right, Lord, thanks for coming on. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you. See ya. My Lord. <laughs> Lauren Richter, everybody. Or Kippy. Oops. Sometimes I can <laughs> sometimes I confuse my successful quarterbacks. If you want to call them successful, I think I mean, one has won a Super Bowl. I would consider both Russell Wilson and Cam Newton a yeah. successful quarterback. Okay, that's fine. I'll let you. Um, Thanks for letting me do that. So week 15, we threw some games together. Uh, we're not going to have a picker next week since we're not going to have a show. Uh, we'll just run down these two real quick. Uh, Chargers at Chiefs. Casey. Casey, baby. Casey all day. Kansas City. Uh, I'm taking Chargers. Uh, I think without uh, homeboy there. That's going to hurt him. No, nah, I still get Patty Mahomes. Yeah, but... Patty Mahomes. Patty Mahomes. Isn't that good, I don't think, without the... It's not easy. Behind him. <laughs> uh, Seattle at San Fran. Oh, Seattle yeah. all day. I mean, that's an easy one. San Fran sucks. Pretty easy pick. Uh, Philly at the Rams. That is also an easy pick. It's L.A. at home. They're going to they're gonna take it to Philly. No problem. Yeah, I don't see... Um, Philly being able to travel again cross country to beat the Rams. I don't know what the hell's happening with my flipping computer right now. I don't know. It won't let me do anything. That's the problem. uh, Error. (laughs) There we go. Nice. Um, Um, So, sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. New Orleans at Carolina. New Orleans at Carolina. It's (laughs) for Brees. He's going to win. Yeah. Uh, Then again, I said that last week, and he did not win against stupid Cowboys. Hate the Cowboys. <laughs> and Cleveland at Denver. I mean, you agreed with me at New Orleans, correct? Yeah, yeah. I'm taking New Orleans. No, I. Yeah. All right. So then, uh, Cleveland at Denver. Denver at home. Their defense has been very good lately, and 
I think they're going to win at home. I mean, it's going to be easy. Yeah, Denver's Cleveland, been... despite being exciting, and you pick teams for being exciting, yeah, they're going to lose. Uh, I picked them to lose this game as well. Um, I think going to Denver's a tough task. Denver still has a good defense. Uh, the reason I took Cleveland uh, against Carolina is just being at home and excitement, and Carolina's got some stuff they need to figure out, and Cleveland's playing with house money. So uh, I will take Denver uh, over Cleveland in week 15. So, so, I uh, kind of a twofer here. A twofer, two for what? Two for podcast week of the. Am I doing here? Is that in fact the podcast? <laughs> I'm working on it. I, I'm, <laughs> I can't transition the audio this quickly. <laughs> That's okay. That's okay. Um, I have. This is our stat slash fact of the podcast. Yeah, so I had one written down, and another one came to me while I was sitting here. Uh, something that I found out recently before the show. Matt Breida, who was taken over as the running back for the San Francisco Giants. Nope. nope. <laughs> San Francisco 49ers. <laughs> Matt, dude, oh you're not gosh. sleeping at home? I did not sleep last night. So Olivia did not want to go to bed last night, and then at 4 o'clock this morning... Hank decided to jump up out of nowhere and just puke all over the floor. <laughs> and I did not go back to sleep after that. It was not good. There's nothing worse than cleaning up dog puke off your brand new carpet at four in the morning. Oh, oh. yeah, on the carpet. Just jumped out of bed and just straight. Bleh. Oh, thanks, what's, Hank. What's his deal? I have no idea. He just, I think he ate something that didn't agree with him and just kind of a puke. Don't you dog feed him the same dog food every night? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Maybe he ate a. I don't know, cat turd or something. <laughs> Those cat turds can get you. Yeah, I ran into that one time myself. <laughs> thought it was a chocolate bar. And <laughs> nope, not being a chocolate not. bar. So anyway, uh, week 14 <laughs> coming up this next season. Matt Breida, the San Francisco 49ers are playing uh, versus Denver. Matt Breida is missing a game with an ankle injury. This is the first football game he has missed due to injury since his freshman year of high school. The man is 23 years young. So that is roughly a decade of not missing a single football game due to injury. Dang, that's awesome. That's impressive. Absolutely impressive. Uh, I actually had him on my fantasy team this year. He actually did fairly well, had about three or four iffy weeks. But um, other than that, he, he held his own. Uh, a couple 20-point games in there and a lot of teens. So, I had him on one of my teams, too, but it was my team that is not doing good. So his iffy weeks made my weeks even worse. <laughs> so, But, yeah, I mean, he's a Michigan Ironsides, like the USS Constitution. He's tough as iron. This is our stat slash fact of the podcast. Should yeah. I go into my second one now? Sure. All right. So this one's sort of been circling around social media and all the major sports networks and everything. But in case you haven't heard this yet, it's an absolutely an amazing stat. So Larry Fitzgerald, if you haven't heard of him, he is a... Who's he? <sighs> does does he, he play sport ball? He plays that football. Foosball. Want to play foosball, my friends? Larry Fitzgerald is a wide receiver and a very well-respected wide receiver, both on the field and off the field. 
He is 35 years old. He has been playing in for the um, Arizona Cardinals his entire career. He has, in his career, more tackles than he does drop passes. He has 37 tackles and 29 drop passes in his entire career. Now, this is a testament to multiple facets of his game. First off, he has amazing hands, and he just does, simply does not drop the ball, which is unheard of to have 29 drops in, what is it, 15 season, 14 season, something like that. Mm-hmm. And on top of that, he has played with some of the most pathetic quarterbacks in recent memory, with the exception of Kurt Warner when he won a Super Bowl. And they have thrown a lot of interceptions, thus the Larry Fitzgerald, the freakishly amazing athlete that he is, has to chase these fools down and tackle them. He also had a season where he had seven tackles, and he has 21 passing yards in his career. That's crazy. That's all on one pass. He's attempted three. The other two went for nothing. Odell Beckham Jr. is over 80 yards passing and two touchdowns this year. That's better than some of the starting quarterbacks this year. <laughs> that is. Better than Derek Carr. Better than Eli Manning. Actually, you know, Eli's doing This is our stat slash fact of the podcast. Despite being the worst Manning, he's doing okay this year. <laughs> and we still live by the fact of who is the best Manning? Misses. No, well, it was, I don't remember. Oh, it probably was. Yeah, it's Cooper. Cooper Manning's the best Manning. Followed by Archie. Peyton. Mrs. Eli. Oh, Mrs. before Peyton. Oh, Mrs. Peyton, Eli. Yeah. You want to debate it? <laughs> no. I bet you I bet you Mrs. Mrs. Archie Manning can make a mean apple pie, if I were to guess. Oh, she probably makes the best apple pie. If any mother of a football player were to make an apple pie, hers would be the best. Ooh. You know, that's that could strike a interesting debate. Let's have all the all our football professional football players friends come on, uh, bring their mothers. And we would love to make, sample some apple pies. Make some apple pies. For Hell, us. you could it just be a pie. I don't <laughs> I don't care. I mean, it could be apple or boysenberry or blackberry, even pumpkin. Maybe oh, I, I, I would I would eat a mincemeat pie. pie. Bring a on what? the pies. A mincemeat pie. What's a mincemeat pie? It's like uh, like dried. Fruit oh. pie, I'll do that. It's interesting. Interesting. Kind of tastes like it's got a little bit of an anise flavor to it. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Hmm. <laughs> All right. Hmm. Good show, man. Yeah. Well, I enjoyed well. it. Uh, Still trying to think of good pie making quarterback moms. <laughs> we'll, we'll research and get back to everyone on that. <laughs> uh, make sure you go share this post on Facebook. Uh, your chance to be on the show in two weeks. Uh, we'll make picks, and I don't know about the holiday schedule, whatever. we got to work through that. Uh, beginning next year, though, we have a couple of new segments in the works, and we are going to try and go live on location every, like, 10 or so episodes. So hopefully we're looking at number 25 um, on location at some establishment. It'll be, it'll be cool. Yep. Uh, you can always reach us, mattmuse at gmail.com. Call or text 989-372-1391. And I got some last week, actually. 989-372-1391. Thank you to all our fans. Uh, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Matt Muse and MattMuse.com. We'll be back on Monday, December 17th. Good luck. See ya. That was the Matt Muse Show. Thank you for listening.